Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best of the best to help you scale your business from 1 million to 1 trillion. Uh, this is a very special edition. Uh, it's the Scale Up Valley uh, Asia, Southeast Asia uh, edition. And that's why I, I'm with my uh, co-founder and co-host, Andrew Wong. Andrew, welcome again. Hi, thanks. Thanks. Uh, and great to be back again uh, for this coming edition. And looking forward to, to have a very interesting uh, you know, session today. Thank you. And uh, yeah, one of the, the first episodes was with uh, Jason, uh, the CEO of Staff Annie in, in Singapore. Uh, the second one with Nina, uh, the CEO of Zopa, also based in, in Singapore. And I'm excited to say that we have the, the first uh, CEO coming uh, from the, the Philippines. And his name is George, uh, the CEO at Bill is. George, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Hi. It's really a pleasure, and, and especially because the, the, the previous two companies were at Series A, uh, raised the Series A before. In your case, you are a little bit uh, more mature and advanced uh, at Series B uh, at this stage. But let's get to know more about you uh, and about uh, Billy's. Sure. So, um, yeah, in I think in, in just one line, Billy's is uh, yeah, buy now, pay later plus. Um, platform or app. Um, we basically help customers here in the Philippines uh, buy uh, things on installment that they uh, that they need. Um, it's a bit more um, involved, I would say, than um, say the um, Afterpay, Klarna, like more developed market models. Because uh, here in the Philippines, a lot of customers don't have credit cards, so we have to basically build the entire stack. Um, ourselves, so I had to build that all ourselves. So from payments to underwriting, fraud control, and and so on. Right. Um, on the flip side, then customers also can um, avail many many more products. So we don't have um, just the buy now later. We also then have um, other products inside our app. So they can get a cash loan. They can get a um, e-wallet loan. They can buy mobile load, and um, yeah, we're adding a couple of other features to it. So we basically want to move it to a more full-fledged um, financial service for, for our customers. And I love kind of the mission and uh, the vision uh, around uh, Billy's. Uh, you, we have talked before, you're talking about the, the financial inclusion side uh, around the Philippines. You'd want to share a little bit more about what you'd like to see um, with this in, in, the, in the long term. Sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, credit cards is often or in, in, in many markets kind of the first, um, say, a little bit more involved product that, that consumers would, would get, right? So the salary account and, and that pretty much everybody has, right? But then um, to build really the relationship with the banking system and, and build your credit score, um, that, that's typically the credit card, right? In, right. say, Singapore or, or uh, Europe or US, right? And since... Since uh, here in the Philippines, it's it's quite um, restrictive still. Um, there's just a lot of customers, like 95% of customers uh, wouldn't be in the former credit uh, bureau or credit system, right? So every time they need something, they need to go through the whole underwriting process and it's, it's quite burdensome for them. So what, what, what we want to do is we want to underwrite these customers um, at a stage where uh, banks cannot not really serve them or credit card companies cannot yet really serve them. Um, 
and do so through a very automated and uh, data-driven approach, right? So instead of asking a lot of documents and then having people mm -hmm. review that, um, we use alternative data to, uh, to score these customers and then uh, we give them a credit limit and then over time right. they can build their reputation, right? And we are um, reporting also into the credit bureau. So we're one of the, um, the apps that's also reporting into the credit bureau. So that mm -hmm. means that customers who, um, who, who basically use our app and um, repay on time and, and everything, they build their credit score, right? So if that customer then five years down the road wants to buy a car or an apartment or uh, take a right. loan for, for business, uh, they're not they're not like a blank slate when when the bank looks at them, right? So I think it's um, it's uh, just a very nice way for customers to get into the into the system. That that's really uh, amazing because sometimes uh, when we are in other parts uh, of the world, we don't have this kind of uh, issues to to solve, right? And uh, it's really important for people to live their lives and, and to have access to uh, this kind of services. So it's, it's really amazing uh, what you are doing. Could you share a little bit more about, you know, you have started in the Philippines and I think that you are still focused in terms of scaling up in, in the Philippines because we know it's a very uh, large market. So considerations about ICP or business model, your expansion strategy. Yeah, sure. So, um... I think Philippines, we have really barely scratched the surface so far. Philippines is a um, market with more than 100 million um, um, people, right? Um, and in addition to just having a lot of people, you also, or the, the, the market is kind of at, the, at, at that steep part of the curve where mm -hmm. um, it, it flips into a middle-income market, right? So um, I think that that is... Uh, something that defines actually quite a few of the markets here in Southeast Asia and what makes, makes it so exciting is that you have a very large uh, share of the population that's just getting into this uh, middle class segment, right? That then can have a long-term relationship with, uh, with the financial institutions um, that can do some banking that has a more or less stable income source and so on, right? And, um, and that's, so, so not only is the market large, also that, that segment that, the banks cannot really serve yet, um, but that is uh, bankable if you do it in the right way, is growing much, much faster than the, the overall market, right? So I think um, we, we still have a lot of work to do here in the Philippines. Um, the whole ecosystem is also developing um, very fast right now. So uh, we started the business actually back in 2017, and back then there wasn't really much uh, going on in terms of fintech. And now you have uh, a lot of other players that came in. You have a lot of infrastructure that we had to build. Um, there's there's uh, other uh, companies that are coming in that do it better, faster. Then of course we're very happy to to work with them um, because we, we want to focus really on on the parts of the value chain that um, that we're good at. Um, yeah, so I think in Philippines still huge potential. Um, we're also looking at uh, more products to offer. Right. So right now we are focusing a bit more on the lending side. Uh, we're looking at um, offering also other products, financial products, and maybe even e-commerce uh, types products to to our customers. So could think of it like a, almost like a super app, right? Um, but yeah, and then if you look throughout the region, I think uh, there's a couple of other markets that are very interesting. Um, 
Vietnam is uh, actually looking very similar to to the Philippines in terms of GDP per capita, in terms of um, at what, what development stage the market is in, right? So I think that's that's a market that we're looking at fairly closely. Um, Indonesia would be also there, but uh, there's already quite a lot of good solutions there. So yeah, that's that that one we we need to think about. And then even globally, right? I think if you look at um, say Latam or or even some some uh, countries in in uh, in in Africa, right? You you would see countries that are at at um, that stage. That's I think the sweet spot for this kind of service. Yeah, just uh, shout out for for the episodes that we covered Belvo and Payflow uh, in Latam, uh, also fintech peers uh, that are working on in, in the in the space, not not in the same category. So uh, might be also uh, interesting to to partner. Cool, and it, it's really good to see that the the funding rounds are going up and up in in the region, uh, and not only in Singapore and Indonesia, but uh, also in the Philippines, being the the second largest market in the region, if I'm not wrong. Correct. Yeah, so uh, it's actually been super interesting. Um, we I mean, we spent basically uh, the last year um, starting. To talk to investors and then and then really going into the fundraising effort and what we've seen is that um, the mood really shifted um, from the beginning of last year to mid last year. I think Philippines was more seen as a uh, let's say frontier market, um, not mm -hmm. not core to uh, most most of the funds um, in the region and also globally. And uh, I think then there were a couple of larger deals that happened and then interest uh, very quickly started to pick up right and if you look at um the the, the deals that uh, got closed just just this year right um is i think more in terms of volume than um in 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 total before right okay. so it's it's uh, getting noticed and i think deservedly so yeah and finally, exploring also the great opportunity as you as you are doing. Uh, I think it's always great when a scale up is able to, you know, uh, make or build scale up a viable business, a sustainable business, and at the same time have a strong purpose behind uh, to serve a community and uh, to change lives. Right. So it's uh, for me, it's always exciting than just launching their. Uh, interesting software, but uh, that will not change the the lives of uh, of people in in the region. So leveraging a huge opportunity. So let's go into the fintech playbook and what is working for you, uh, and what has been some of the lessons learned uh, along your journey. Uh, for instance, in order to to raise your uh, pre seed round and and your seed round. Uh, what has been some of the challenges and some of the lessons learned uh, at that stage? Yeah, maybe it was a, a, a long time ago. Uh, not not <laughs> in terms of years, but in terms yeah. of intensity of the years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a while, and and also with uh, lockdown and pandemic and everything, the whole time actually perception changes. I think a little bit, um, <laughs> but yeah, look, it was uh, it. We, I mean, we 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 started uh with uh very limited outside investment so we had we had one uh seed uh seed and also then series a uh investor but um it we also contributed quite a bit of our own um and and basically made um 
made sure that we build something sustainable from the from the get go, right? And and again, right back then, Philippines was not really on any map, so it it wouldn't have been really possible to go out and raise say um, a million for for just a seed pre product or anything like that, right? So right. Um, that 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 forces I think to be a bit more frugal. This was um, in, in what year, George? We started in twenty fifteen. We started in twenty fifteen. Because things change a yeah. lot in any ecosystem, and especially as yep. you said, in the last two years, uh, the playbook is completely different. Right? Yeah. So you know that yep. the time, the time, the ecosystem is still very, very infant and and uh, you know uh, fintech was totally almost non-existing in yep. the Philippines. But how how could you as a you know as a foreigner as a foreigner coming into a Philippines, a very different market and very different kind of culture, you know, different kind of nationality. How do you, how would you manage to navigate through your startup journey to start a company? <laughs> yeah. So, in Philippines and bring it up. Yeah, so I, I had been in the market before. Um, mm. So I, I actually came uh, to Philippines uh, earlier in 2013, and and uh, was working with one of the banks here to uh, to transform the retail banking uh, business. My my previous work was in consulting, so I worked with banks um, in the retail and risk uh, risk management space across uh, Southeast Asia. Um, and uh, so that 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 was a good intro for me to the to the market because. I, I saw how how banks uh, basically do things, and it was still very paper based and very um, very um, yeah, costly in terms of uh, process cost, right? And uh, if if you're working from within uh, the system, you can only push it so far, I think, right? And that's why we said, okay, if you were to build this from scratch, right, how would it look like? What what kind of um, uh, unit economics can you can you go for, right? Because if you if your process cost is is too high, right, and say your process cost for for a loan is fifty thousand pesos, right, a um, thousand bucks, and you say, okay, let's make it more efficient and and like really push hard, right. So with say within the system, you can push it down to say by an order of magnitude, even, right. Um, you still you still are at a level where you can't make really small short term loans, which is what a lot of the customers actually need, right. So um yeah it's it's just the, the the way the process are run and and what the majority of the market requires didn't did not match right so we said okay if you build this from scratch can you do it better right and um that was kind of the the the, the starting hypothesis um i i was very lucky that i had um two of my um friends and colleagues from uh from from my previous job who joined me? So we actually three founders or three co-founders, um, and and one of them is is uh, Filipino. So we had also a little bit the uh, the local knowledge and and um, as you say, right, navigating everything is of course a challenge <laughs> when you're when you're fresh to the market. Uh, yeah, so that that's how we that's how we got started, right? Um, yeah. And by the way, the other member of the the founding team is uh, Vietnamese, right? And you are uh, yes. Austrian, right? Yeah, I'm I'm the uh, the odd one out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you have been in the region almost, uh, as you said, uh, kind of 15 years, right? So, yeah, so I, I actually was uh, based in Singapore before for a few years. Um, so I worked out of Singapore for, I think, seven years. 
um, and uh, yeah, basically spent my weekends there. So really traveled, uh, spent a lot of time in Vietnam, Indonesia, Thailand. Uh, so got to see quite a bit of the region, uh, and and that also helped getting a bit of a perspective on what you can and cannot do in in a market like this. Yeah. So in terms of the VC industry and, and the experience as entrepreneur, you know much more about Southeast Asia than about Europe or, or the US at, at this stage. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I spent my entire professional career here in uh, Southeast Asia, yeah. or vast majority of it. Yeah. It was a good choice because it's, it's definitely booming and uh, we can feel when we are on, uh, in the trenches uh, a very different vibe compared to what we see at least in Europe, the US is always exciting, right? <laughs> in a certain way, also the, the cultural uh, side without getting here into uh, too much compromise on my side, <laughs> but, yep. uh, but, but definitely uh, great. And um, going from uh, C to A, so the beginning was kind of uh, difficult, of course, as you were saying, to navigate the, the first uh, round. And it was a very different world to have that kind of uh, pre-product, um, almost raising the, the round with idea and with a, with a PowerPoint where we prove that you have a strong team. Uh, strong yeah. business opportunity, uh, but late, later on, in order to to raise the A round, you need to have a little bit more to 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 be in a good position to to raise it, right? Yeah. So we we spent uh, the first two years actually with um, with uh, two other products. So we had we started with um, a product that's really tailored very much to the local market, um, which is the loan for uh, Filipinos who go work abroad. So a large percentage of Filipinos goes mm -hmm. abroad, works abroad, and it's actually a big part of the economy here, the remittances. Um, so we, and, and these loans are a little bit complex to do because um, there's a lot of foreign documents involved and, and uh, things like that. So we, um, that, that was one product we, uh, we, we tackled in the beginning. And then we had another one that was a cash, um, cash lending platform, okay? For small, uh, small ticket, short-term loans right so not not quite payday loans but um yeah so short-term short-term loans um now what we saw is that uh we can make the process work uh but it it's hard to scale uh with quality customers if you don't work with partners uh and and so that's why uh in 2017 so about two years after we started we um approached lazada and said, hey, uh, we, we, we can lend, right? We can, we can uh, make decisions very fast. We have uh, good automation and everything. Um, and there's very few credit cards in the market. You still do most of your um, orders, cash on delivery, but we do something together, right? And they said, yeah, uh, we would, it's actually something we're looking at. And by the way, there's, uh, there's uh, five other companies who are, um, also working on that to get the launch with us, uh, but be, uh, feel feel free to also yeah join right. And so we uh, we we said okay we'll uh, we'll do it. So and and that was kind of the moment where we pivoted everything uh, to that to that new idea. And uh, that's how we started with uh, Billy's right. So the first version of Billy's was basically just uh, working together with Lazada uh, for their customers. Uh, we got that out in I think. Uh, Two or three months, um, so it was a pretty, uh, pretty uh, quick, quick effort. 
um and 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 of course uh yeah uh not not as developed and as stable as we would like it to be and as it, as it is now but uh we, we got it done uh fast and so we were the first uh to launch there um and uh, yeah that that's what got us started right and and uh, then we saw that um this is working right so working with partners uh makes sense uh because you um you can cut your cost of acquisition you get access to a better customer segment and and therefore uh you can make the product work with uh a much better interest rate right so um we managed to get positive unit economics at uh at a much lower rate and then that's that's kind of where we said okay this product is 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 nice right it's it's good for mm-hmm. the customer it's good for scaling uh so let's focus on this right and yeah then we basically um said okay if this is now really taking off uh we will need a little bit more firepower and that's when we went out and uh, raised our first um uh, uh really more significant route from the outside that was our series a from um a uh, local pe uh slash family office and uh we we um we we managed to uh close it i think in uh end of uh 20 uh 2017 right uh mm-hmm. end of 2018 yeah so that's that that's kind of where it really started to to um to scale up um and, and, you, uh, you were able to show some traction with the first yeah. version with Lazada to improve it, to iterate and uh, maybe to add a second partner already or or it was uh, necessary, no. necessary. So back, for... back then we only had Lazada and they were also the largest uh, platform in the market by far. Um, okay. And uh, so, yeah, we, we basically then focused a lot on automation of the underwriting process. So um, initially, there was still a lot of uh, manual checks involved, right? We had our models and everything, but was still some people looking at it, signing off on it. Um, and uh, so that was our first push, automate that so we can we can scale up. Um, also, we tried to hire uh, more people for credit underwriting. So that, that was our limiting factor in, in the first, I would say, two years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it restricted the number of customers we could, uh, we could onboard. Um, and um yeah that's that took a while because we had to get our data right we had to we had to iterate our models until we had like a level of confidence that um we said okay more and more parts of the credit process we can we can basically um switch to fully fully automated I really like the focus here, and I think that's a great lesson Andrew I know that you have something to say, but just before it's really uh focusing in just one partner one solution getting it better iterating uh having the foundations right before uh scaling up and and then you were able to to raise the a round andrew you wanted to add something right? oh, yeah i just i just wanted to ask you know one of the if i'm an investor one of the major concerns that we have is to... sorry you're you're breaking up can you speak yeah. closer okay okay, okay. Yeah, no, uh, I have a question. The question is, you know, if, if I'm an investor and I'll probably be looking at, you know, in, in terms of the nature of your business, more about the NPL, that's probably one of the major concerns. How do you manage those NPL if they exist? Or you manage to, to find a way to reduce those, you know, 
or maybe even make it non-existent in terms of NPM. Yeah. Uh, so the way we think about uh, NPLs are actually more accurately about uh, cost of risk. Uh, this is this is basically uh, cost of doing business. Um, so we don't try to reduce it to zero or to some uh, very low number. Um, we 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 have uh, kind of a benchmark where we where we want to be, uh, where we think it's optimum for growth and for um, for for performance performance of the business. Um, and then the trick is really to make sure that for every customer who comes in, um, you are you're very good at estimating what is the, the likelihood of default, right? Um, so um, we, that that's where we invest in our models and where we make sure that um, that we really understand the customer when they get onboarded, uh, so that we understand what is the likelihood of default, and then we can set the um, the pricing or at least the volume. In, in a way that uh, we, we hit the, the right numbers. Having said that, um, what what do you think is is the success factor that drives your this organization into the success pathway? What will be that contribution, the success contribution? Uh, the success of the business? Yeah, the, the, the success factors that actually drive the path, the, the pathway towards the success of the business. Yeah. Kind of the, the metrics that measure success, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we are, I think, uh, in, in terms of metrics, we, we, we look very, very closely at uh, unit economics at a cohort level, okay? So what I mean by that is, uh, of course, your your uh, management reports and PNL and everything uh, is, and headline numbers are very important, right? Um, but uh, to really understand if uh, what what you're doing um, or to, to, to get a much faster view on uh, what's, what's going on with the business, um, I think you need to be very disciplined in, at looking uh, at, at unit economics. Uh, on a cohort basis, so um, I can I can now look back to say December, November vintages, right? I kind of know how customers we onboarded then are performing, so that's that's pretty much played out already. I know my uh, onboarding cost, and um, I have a very good estimate of of like long term uh, performance after the first uh, say two three months, um, and as long as that is. Uh, stable or somewhat stable and we can at the same time increase our uh, rate of onboarding customers um, I think that's that's uh, that's when we're happy yeah Got it. and um, we are just missing the the last bridge so from uh, a to to B or from the end of 2018 um, to to the to the last round so what has been? What did you need to prove in order to successfully raise the B round? Let's let's put it in that way. Maybe it's easier. Yeah. So I think uh, it, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, right? To be honest. Um, so um, when the uh, so we were just kind of getting going on scaling up um, because we, we we took some time to get yeah to get our automation to the right level to get our uh, risk models to where they needed to be. 
uh, and also to work on the product, right? So um, we, we also then started with our merchant platform so that we onboard more than just uh, just one one merchant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so all of these things were kind of coming nicely into place and then uh, pandemic hit, right? And um, we went into a pretty strict lockdown here in the Philippines. Um, so um, in March, 2020, um, everything basically shut down. Uh, so even deliveries and, and uh, everything was stopped, right? So you couldn't order uh, um, in, in shops anymore, nothing, right? For the first uh, few weeks. And um, people couldn't go to work, so they didn't get paid. Um, so yeah, we, we had an interesting few weeks, let's put it that way, um, where basically business stopped right um not really stopped, like not completely stopped but like everything like dropped like like crazy right um and then uh i think we we saw slowly this this whole situation recovering after two or three months so maybe april may yeah end of april may started looking a little bit better and then things opened up a little bit right so we 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 had lockdown for like um, almost two years, right? Um, but at least you could like order. Uh, people could go back to work, but it was still like all very restricted, right? So malls were mm-hmm. not really open. Kids were not allowed to go to the malls up until I think a few months ago, right? And a big attraction of why people go to the malls is take the kids out for for food and and everything, right? So. Um, what in the beginning looked very bad, then suddenly flipped into something that actually boosted our growth quite a lot because customers started transacting online much, much more than before, right? And um, customer behavior is is something that's very hard to change or if you put it in economic terms, very expensive to change because you have to mm-hmm. spend a lot on marketing, customer education and so on, right? Love it. <laughs> and and in, in, in this lockdown, I think, everybody had to go online, right? Because it was just much more convenient to just order your things, right? Um, nobody wanted to touch cash because initially they were also very afraid that the cash can spread the, the virus. So people started uh, using e-wallets, right? Um, Gcash, which is the largest uh, wallet here, grew last year, 2021, four times. And uh, their transaction volume is, uh, I think it was, 18 or 19 percent of GDP last year. So, and that's one <laughs> one e-wallet, right? So, uh, that that behavior really really changed to basically going from purely or like very heavily cash based to much much more um, 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 uh, digital transactions. Um, I think what also fell in place were a couple of um, um, regulatory improvements or or not yeah let's say market and market infrastructure improvements so there's now a um a way to transfer between banks instantly um which wasn't there before so that also made it much easier for customers to transact online um there's now um a national id being rolled out so um that's actually a benefit that we still expect to see in the future where it's going to be much more easy to do KYC on a customer and again, take out friction. Uh, I think 
a lot of um, scaling is about taking out friction, right? Uh, yeah, so all of this came together, and and suddenly from basically a massive drop, we saw we saw um, we saw a pretty strong uh, growth momentum, uh, and uh, yeah, by end of uh, 2021, our transaction volume was up uh, 10 times versus uh, versus uh, beginning of the pandemic, uh, and and uh, we're we're still so that momentum keeps going, right? So we we're still growing. Um, Last year we grew more than three times, I think close to four times. Um, this year we we on track to to again grow about uh, three to four times. Yeah. So, congratulations. Uh, and since we are in the lending business, we are balance sheet business. Um, that also then basically meant we have to find uh, funding sources, and that's why we then raised or, or went out to the market and and um, started talking to investors. Yeah. Got it. So it's kind of uh, in order to 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 raise the the A round was really proving that the the first partnership with Lazada was working out right and 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 the B round uh, was to prove that it could work with uh, with a better product could work with different partners and uh, be a little bit more scalable right uh, yeah because kind yeah. of product market fit was already proven uh, yes. I think basically uh, the A was, was the product market fit, right? Um, that was was kind of proven, right? And then for for this round, it was really scalability, right? So scalability with uh, with good unit economic um, stability. Exactly. So the the revenue machine, the repeatable, repeatable, profitable, and uh, and yes. scalable, right? Yes. I think BMPR came in at the right time. So you were there at the right time at the right place. Yes, yes. I think uh, we we were lucky also in a sense that we had done all the work before that put us in the position where we were at, right? Uh, and then um, you, you had this uh, tsunami coming in of of basically transformation of customer behavior, and uh, we we, uh, we were in the right position so that 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 we could surf it and didn't get like over um, um, overwhelmed. By it. Yeah, got it. And just a quick quick insights because we are uh, we are getting a little bit short on time uh, now, but. Um, what what do you envision that you need to prove now in order to get to the to the next step? I know that it's 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 always a we, we can't predict very easily, but uh, at least you have some hypotheses and some assumptions about what you need to prove in order to get to to see. Yeah, I think uh, again, right? I that's just my view, but I think it's it's uh, it's uh, scalability at um, at at another level. So. Um, I think, and and I think we're we're kind of getting there, right? There, we say, okay, we we uh, we did receive this investment, and we did invest this in growth, and um, the the market um, the market share that we bought with that is uh, is at the same quality than than what we did before, right? So you, I think you, you I think it, it doesn't change that much anymore in terms of uh, topic, right? It's it's yeah. really, I think, just scalability at a, at a different level right so maybe the second derivative of scalability yeah. yeah 
and maybe potentially a second geo uh or not maybe it's not necessary if it is not necessary yeah. the better right? yeah less complexity think, the best uh, again right i think even in in philippines we're barely scratching the surface um there's still huge um huge unmet demand um but yeah i mean if you look at our founder team it's it's kind of clear where we're heading next um it's, it's not austria uh, yeah. <laughs> Good one. For the one you need to come back and, and listen when, when George talks about his uh, founding team. <laughs> yeah. But so, I guess it, even in what you are saying is it, it's not necessary, and, and maybe I, I confuse it, uh, the audience here, it's not necessary to raise the C. And maybe the plans for the C or, uh, might include the second geo. Yes or not? Yes. It, will depend. It, 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 it may. It, but I think even within uh, Philippines, there's still a lot on on yeah. um, on, on on growth potential. Yeah, exactly. So which I think it's it's great. I think that's one of the mistakes that uh, it happens in all regions uh, in Europe and even in in the US, where we know that scalability because of uh, of being just one country, even having different cultures and different states and and one language helps a lot uh, is trying to be uh, everywhere right so opening four or five markets uh, at the same time i think that this happens uh, everywhere uh, even now that i've been talking a lot with uh, or not a lot but in two episodes with latem uh, trying to go to brazil mexico colombia all at the same time that's that's really a, a huge mistake that's uh, because of this global ambition we confuse sometimes the the meets the short and the long term uh and we we confuse it with the with the long term vision right yeah yeah i think uh what's also very important is that markets here are still very different from each other right so you don't have a common regulatory framework like you would have in say europe right so if you build something in uh, in germany most likely you you can take big parts of this and port it to Austria, France, uh, Spain, and so on, because it's all under a common market framework, right? That that's uh, that's not how things are here, right? So you have different uh, regulatory environment in in every market. You have uh, pretty different stages of development, customer expectation, infrastructure, um, and and uh, and uh, so if you don't if you don't adapt heavily. I, I don't think you will be successful if you go market to market here. Yeah. So we are almost getting into the final uh, questions, which are a little bit uh, faster. But before that, uh, we know that nowadays building that uh, the leadership team and having the right people on the right seats, and I would say even uh, in every single position uh, across the team, it's becoming tougher to hire high quality people and to retain them. Uh, so what has been some of your experience hiring your, uh, the members of your leadership team? Uh, do you think that the talent pool is now more experienced uh what has been some of your tricks to be able to have that that team with you yeah so it, it really depends on the roles i think so um philippines is still a market where the the whole ecosystem is at an early stage right so you don't have like um the three four big champions who um who have built that that uh that bench of talent and, and that is now in the market and and um and and available right so um i think i think uh, it's still a fairly thin 
uh, market for startup specific, um, say growth roles, um, some some of the tech roles and so on, right? So we we are looking also um, um, outside the market a little bit, um, which is mm -hmm. now easier because you have. I mean, we we are still working remote mostly, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's uh, actually quite easy to plug in talent from um, from uh, at least the region, right? Um, from markets that are a bit more mature, right? Um, that's that's kind of where we're exploring now. But of course, I I think it's also important that you build your own talent. So I think uh, we have a pretty strong culture of of developing people in house and and uh, letting people grow to the full potential that they have um, very very quickly. Yeah. So let's come to to the to the final uh, five questions. So which would be, uh, if you would have a, a coffee with yourself in uh, at the beginning of your journey in 2015, what advice would you offer to your younger self? <laughs> um, I enjoy the ride. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's uh, not always smooth, but uh, in in the end, it's fun and it's worth it. Yeah. What are you the most proud of on this journey? Um, I think uh, we what I'm most proud of is is that we built a um, a very strong team. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm very happy with with the team that we built and uh, and uh, how how people have stepped up and and uh, developed. Yeah. Worst advice ever received. <laughs> you know i i have a pretty selective and short-term memory so i <laughs> i i i i i don't really yeah i, I wouldn't remember that kind of stuff yeah <laughs> good for me <laughs> i need to work with more people like you so uh, yeah <laughs> favorite business book favorite business book or not it can be uh, hmm. I, I i frankly don't read that many business books mm -hmm. to be honest uh i yeah i i um no so if, if biographies count um I, I really i really like the one on um um on on elon musk i I actually don't remember exactly the author. Yeah. So I, I like reading biographies. Uh, the Walter Isaacson's on on uh, Steve Jobs, I found very interesting. Yeah, yeah. The biography of Elon Musk and and Steve Jobs. So and to con to to close, favorite movie or series that inspire you? Uh, favorite movie or series? Um, I. I I like sci-fi, so I would say recent movies probably uh, Dune. I like Dune a lot. Yeah, Perfect. would hope to see it uh, in in uh, in uh, proper theater. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Andrew, any final remarks before we go? No final remark, but one final question. Quick question. Sure. Long-term question. Ten to fifteen years down the road, what will Bill it be? Sorry? 10 to 15 years down the road, what do you think Bill East will become? Hmm. That's, uh, 
I mean, things are changing very fast, right? So that's a hard question. But um, at least where we're heading is uh, full-fledged uh, financial services um, mm. and maybe even more, right? So um, I think there is there's a huge opportunity to uh, give customers uh, very convenient uh, financial services, not just lending, uh, deposits, investments, transactions, everything out of one app. Um, maybe integrate even some um, e-commerce features, discovery, things like that, um, and and scale it to like, yeah, biggest app in the market. <laughs> so you become a super digital bank. Yep, yep, something uh, something along those lines. George, thanks so much for joining us today. It was really a pleasure to host you on the show and you are always welcome to come back to share your journey. Thanks for having me. And to our community, thanks for being there. As you see, we keep bringing you the best of the best to make your life a little bit easier uh, scaling up. So see you soon and keep scaling.